0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: Yeah, it's big and good. You guys know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: I'm Brian Morris.
0: I'm Stacey Kulo.
1: We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacy's favorite shows.
0: And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
1: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing the episodes as we go.
0: And this week we watched season four, episode five of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, The Fundamental Things Apply.
1: As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Beer Bad.
0: We don't really know what that Gilmore Girl title means. The Buffy one, very clear. They... They make it very clear what that one means.
1: Yeah, it's kind of contrasting, right? Buffy title's like, this is obviously what's going on. Uh, this one, I don't know.
0: If you know, let us know.
1: Yeah, chime in. We want to know.
0: We did realize something from last time, a connection we failed to make.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Allowed
0: in the podcast. I think I mentioned it in the episode description, but the whole Lord of the Rings thing coincides very well with the whole Spike needing to find and protect a ring. Yeah. I don't super remember Lord of the Rings, but that's part of it, right?
1: Yeah, and Angel, like, destroying the ring in Angel.
0: Yes, we did um, watch Angel where that happens.
1: Yeah, like, he struggles with the right, and he's like, the right thing to do is just destroy it because the power is too powerful.
0: Sorry if that's a spoiler, but...
1: I mean, it's still part of the Buffy storyline because Oz is in it, and I feel like those are free game.
0: Yeah, it's probably good that we told them. Yeah. But if you want to know more about our thoughts on Angel, check out our Patreon. Link in the episode description. How was your world domination? Galaxy domination? Uh, the game you played? Yeah, I don't know. Galaxy? Universe? Yeah.
1: Space? I mean, it's both, I guess. It's all of those. It was good. We played for nine hours. Oh, wow. I did not win. I was doing very well, though. But we had a guy kind of get ahead of the pack, and we weren't able to stop him.
0: I stayed home and made bee soup.
1: And I ate some of that bee soup. And let me tell you, it was good.
0: Turns out Brian does like bees. I'm into
1: bees now. I don't know.
0: If you didn't listen last week, bees is gnocchi, which Brian previously didn't think he liked.
1: Sometimes textures throw you off, right? Like you eat something and you don't like the texture and then it's like in your head you don't like it. I think I thought it was like uncooked pasta or something. And then later you're like, oh, it's Potato.
0: Yeah, it's made of potato.
1: And I was like, oh, well, potato can taste like that.
0: (laughs) For some reason, Brian, very good with the diction on potato lately. Potato.
1: We also went to New Jersey to visit some of our friends who moved out there and bought a house. Yeah. We played Wingspan, which is also very fun. Mm -hmm. I won that one.
0: Yeah, kind of similar to how your friend got ahead of the pack. You also sort of did that in this game. You had a card immediately, and our friend was like, yeah, you're going to win. We don't need to keep playing. But we did, and you won. Yeah. You got all the eggs.
1: So many eggs.
0: But it was fun. They made us pasta.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, the food was great. Not that any of you guys care, but it was a great time.
0: Yeah. It was nice. Go visit their house. We'll send you the address. We drank some wine this week, as always.
1: You said as always. That makes us sound bad. You mean we want? We drank wine because we watched the show. Yeah,
0: we had a nice cheese that you prepared. Well, you found it. You didn't, like, make it. Well, I bought it. You I mo- didn't
1: just find it. <laughs> <laughs> I found some cheese. It was like, it's probably good.
0: Yeah. That's how you guys get cheese, right? You right. You go outside and look for it. Yeah but we had a 2020 Tempo Vero Merlot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we fucked up. It says it pairs well with pizza, ribs, Chinese, and pasta with red sauce. All things we love, but all things that aren't cheese. Yeah. So I think it would have been better with a different food. Yeah, maybe. It didn't complement the cheese. It wasn't bad.
1: Does anyone eat wine and pizza? Is that a combination anyone does?
0: Yeah. What? If you go out to like a fancy pizza restaurant, you'd get wine like an Italian place.
1: I guess so. I guess I've never done that. We
0: just grew up on Pizza Hut and frozen pizza. Yeah. So we. You're gonna have like
1: a a nice
0: Pepsi with our pizza. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I wouldn't mind having wine with pizza, dude. You remember when we made homemade pizza? That was really good. We did that like twice. We should do that again.
1: I don't remember making homemade pizza. We
0: got the dough from the store, and then we put stuff on top of it. You remember pizza?
1: (laughs) Pizza. We did it a
0: couple times, like last year, maybe.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar. You're right.
0: Are you just saying that to move on?
1: So today's episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to test out this crazy pizza wine theory, be sure to take advantage of our partnership with Wink.com by clicking on the link in our social media bios or in this episode description. And through November 13th, 2021, if you're listening to this when it comes out-ish, there's currently a special promotion where not only do you get your first four bottles of wine for $29.95, you also get $20 towards your second month of membership, which is basically more than one bottle of wine free for your second month. So I would go ahead and do that if I were you, especially if you got a ton of pizza lying around. hmm Okay, should we start talking about our showsies? Let's do it. Well, this week we started with Gilmore Girls. Brian, Mm -hmm. tell us about whatever is meant by The Fundamental Things Apply.
1: So The Fundamental Things Apply is about Rory entering the dating scene for the first time, and also about Lorelai's strained relationship with her mother, Emily, as she tries to get the inn set up. Mm -hmm. And also about her friendship with Luke, I guess? I guess. So this episode starts with Rory coming home, which is like pretty much how all the episodes are starting right now. Her pulling up in her hybrid car with no sound.
0: It did have a cute little sound when it drove in, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Lorelai's trying to do some gardening because Babette bought her some, like, bulbs to help her forget her loneliness,
0: I guess. Yeah.
1: But she forgot about the bulbs and they've all gone bad, but she's still trying to plant them, I guess.
0: Everyone's so concerned about Lorelai now.
1: Yeah, everyone in the town is, which is kind of sweet, I guess. Yeah. But the scene is kind of fun because Lorelai and Rory, like, joke around about stuff and, like, get bulb juice on each other. And it's just, like, this fun scene where they're just playing around and joking and genuinely enjoying each other's company. And I don't know, it's kind of nice to see that because I feel like a lot of drama shows are just like, no, they're generally good, but you want to see the drama. It's nice to see the fun parts. Mm -hmm. At Yale, though, Rory is having some issues with her roommates. Paris and the running roommate, Janet, are fighting because Janet gets up at 530 to start working out, which wakes Paris up too early. So Paris is upset about that.
0: I've decided I don't know where I stand on this fight. Yeah. It seems like Paris is being unreasonable. But if this girl is, like, getting up and loudly exercising in the common room at, like, 5 a.m., mm-hmm. maybe she could do that in her room.
1: Well, in her room, she's probably got other roommates.
0: No. It's four people in the suite. Paris and Rory share, and the other two have their own little rooms.
1: They don't share?
0: No. Oh. There's three bedrooms.
1: I didn't realize. Yeah, she should be doing that in her room then.
0: Mm-hmm. Paris doesn't have the right to tell her she can't exercise, but if they said she's, like, moaning or something when she's doing her sit-ups or, like, counting or—
1: No, she's talking about—she's, like, motivating herself. Yes. Paris refers to that as pornographic. Yeah, if you are, like— Which makes me wonder how Paris has sex. (laughs) She's just constantly motivating herself. You could do it. (laughs) Probably. Enjoy the pain. Pain? Well, that's what she says in the show.
0: Oh, right. But if she's like, if she's waking them up with their alarm, that's whatever. They got to get over that. They got to fall back asleep. She's got to get up at that time. That's when she gets up. Deal with it. But like, if she's actively keeping them awake by being loud in the living room, then that is a conversation.
1: Yeah. But I mean, the way they're handling it is not great. No. Paris is using chairs to like bar Janet into her room in the morning. And then Janet like glues her glue gun closed, the tip of it, which by the way, doesn't make sense. You can't do that because glue guns, the tip heats up. So if there's glue on there, it's designed to melt it. Uh, But one day Paris shuts off Rory's alarm because I guess she didn't need it. I don't really understand why she shut off Rory's alarm.
0: Yeah, she's just like, what's the point of having an alarm when you're already awake?
1: It's like, well, because Rory needs to wake up.
0: Right. I shared a very intimate room with roommates, and I don't remember the alarm issue ever being annoying. Like, I'm sure we woke up at different times, and I don't know, I think I just got lucky with personalities of other people. They would just fall back asleep if I got up first or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the sleeping with a partner or in the room with somebody whose alarm keeps going off and they keep eating snooze. I've been guilty of this. We've tiffed about it <laughs> before. yeah. But uh, this is different. She shuts off Rory's alarm. Which leads to Rory waking up late for breakfast. She's literally got like a couple minutes to get down there. In her pajama pants and her bunny footies. Is that what you call them? Slippers. Slippers, Bunny yeah. slippers and a robe. She goes down there and she gets like one leftover like piece of waffle. And then she runs into Marty. You guys remember Marty? He was the naked. Naked was, out. Naked out. You've never been naked out? <laughs> That's when you're drunk and you pass out, but you're naked.
0: So naked out right now, man.
1: I said they were knocked out. Stacy says that stuff in her sleep. So naked out right now, man. You gonna be a good boy? She's talking to our cat.
0: Brian, you gonna be a good boy? I'm so naked out right now.
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he was the guy who was all naked out in the hallway. Well, he runs into her, and he sees that she doesn't have much food, and he's, like, trying to be sweet. He's like, oh, I usually grab too much food. Do you want some of mine? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And he, like, kind of, like, forces her to go meet his friends. It's weird. He, like, grabs her, and, like, she clearly wants to go back to her room and doesn't want to meet them. But he just, like, pulls her over there anyway. It's
0: a very similar scene in Buffy. Yeah. Where she's sort of forced to hang out with four dudes she doesn't know.
1: Well, I feel like in Buffy, though, she's totally down. Yes. Uh, And this Rory's like, I don't, I'm in my pajamas right now.
0: But it's a similarly like aggressive meet and greet.
1: I totally agree with that. And it's four guys. However, this one is clearly like Rory's like, I'd rather not be doing this. So he brings them over to meet the breakfast crew.
0: That's what they call themselves.
1: And these are, I don't even know if these guys are friends. They just started having breakfast together.
0: One of them is Glenn.
1: Yes. The guy from the party. Yeah. So she meets these guys and like, it's a weird meeting. They're all like, oh yeah, we heard about your robe. That was nice. We all tried on your robe. Marty's like, no, they didn't. Don't listen to them. He's a clearly like a sensitive guy. So I'm interested about meeting Marty. Marty. But she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to my room now. And then Marty immediately realizes that maybe him dragging her over there against her will was a bad idea. And is like, oh, I'm sorry I embarrassed you. I just haven't had the nerve to talk to you because it was so embarrassing how we met. I saw how you were dressed now, a.k.a. you look embarrassing right now.
0: It's like not a compliment.
1: <laughs> so I felt like I could approach you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in Marty's defense, I feel like he's just not a good like, speaker. Yeah. I think he's awkward. But I feel like the idea was that he was trying to be sweet. Meanwhile, at Luke's, Lorelai is on the phone doing business calls for the inn. I don't know why she's doing all this business stuff at the diner. Why?
0: She doesn't have a place to do it other but than her how? house. She has a
1: whole house.
0: Maybe she doesn't feel comfortable like having clients over at her house. I mean, it's normal to meet a client in a cafe.
1: I agree with that, but there's more to it than yes. just meeting a client at the cafe. So she's on her phone. If you may remember... Luke has, like, a big sign, no cell phones, and he's, like, gesturing to her, like, you gotta go outside, and so she's, like, cool, 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 she's pretending to acquiesce and pretends to, like, slowly walk to the door, and then eventually just finishes her call. And Luke calls her on, is like, why don't you just follow my rules? And I'm like, yeah, why don't you just follow his rules? And her response is just like, I do, it's your baseball cap I have issues with. Number one, she is not following his rules. Right. And there's no reason she shouldn't. Like, why not respect his rules? He's, like, big on it. Just take the phone call outside. He let you borrow his car for, like, four days. Just, like, respect his phone rule, please. Right. But then secondly, you bought him that hat. (laughs) She gave it to him as a Christmas gift in season one, episode 10. Well, you looked it up. Yeah, I did. So she's just like, and your hat I got you sucks. Okay, cool. Michelle stops by to help with some of the in-preparation. It's kind of funny. He's just too picky to eat there because he's got, like, weird food stuff. Although he eats it. He says, bring me a donut with sprinkles on it.
0: He says he has, like, one cheat day every six months, and apparently this is it. Yeah. But he, like, asks if his chocolate is Mexican, and Luke just looks at him like, what? We don't ask questions like that here. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's like, how would I know? It's like, check the box. It'll say... (laughs) Then, Emily calls.
0: With a ponytail.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. She had a ponytail. You were like, I've never seen that it's before. It's very
0: weird. Couldn't get a haircut or something?
1: She wants to know if Lorelai's coming to dinner or not because, as we noticed last time, sometimes Lorelai doesn't go to dinner. And she needs to know because all of her dinners are like extravagant and she's got to like, pre-plan them all. Lorelai like, pretty much doesn't answer her. And then she like gets up and like starts throwing stuff at Luke until he turns around to get him to yell at her to get off the phone, which I guess is funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people chuckled at that. I don't know. But not you. No, I'm still mad about the phone from her.
0: I mean, she could have just been like, I'm at Luke's, phones aren't allowed. She didn't like need to hear the audio from Luke. Yeah, I mean,
1: in my head, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Sure, it's funny. Okay. Did you think it was funny?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw where it was going. Yeah. I don't know. Are you going to talk about the hamburger?
1: Oh, yeah, we need to talk about the hamburger. Oh, yeah. So there's an extra in this scene.
0: An extra, extra.
1: Yeah, (laughs) totally. So this guy's just, like, eating a hamburger. No, now, he's
0: not. <laughs> okay, you're right. He's got a hamburger. He's got
1: a hamburger. It's clear that, like, he's instructed, hey, don't eat any of the food until we're sure we got the shot. Yeah. So this dude, like, is picking up the hamburger and just, like, brings it up to his face almost to eat, like, seven times. Every time we pan over, he's still got this full-ass hamburger in his hand. It switches hands. He brings it up to his mouth. We don't see it. But then we see a little bit later, uneaten.
0: He's right by the door when Lorelai like goes to get up to pretend like she's gonna leave to talk on the phone outside. You can see him very clearly then.
1: No one in the history of the world has held a hamburger this long.
0: Yeah, Are you hungry or not, dude?
1: Yeah, like no one's been hungry enough to eat a hamburger and then spent the next five minutes just gesturing with it. That was so funny. He's not
0: even like talking either. He's just like listening to the woman with him talk.
1: Yeah, well, he doesn't eat his hamburger. Back at Yale, we see Rory in one of her literature classes arguing with another student about the meaning of The Sun Also Rises. Do you guys ever read that? I read that. Did you read that? No. It's about bullfighting and a guy with a penis that doesn't work.
0: Wow. That's like the main plot? Well, the main
1: plot is about, I mean, I haven't read this in a long time, but it's about a woman who's like sort of a bunch of guys want to be with her. Buffy. Yeah, it's about Buffy.
0: Uh, The teacher of this class is the same teacher that was teaching the class when they visited Harvard.
1: So he lost his job and got a new job. I guess so.
0: (laughs) And Rory really liked him, so she made sure to get his class.
1: Well, I'm sure Max Medina will be there soon. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, Max Medina.
1: So she's arguing with this woman, but the woman—it's so funny because, like, people in at least at my college is they didn't speak this way. Like, she's arguing something, and the woman's like, "Oh, please!" To Rory's point of view. But then another guy sticks up for Rory, or rather takes Rory's side in the debate, and is like, no, I think Rory's got a point. And then class just abruptly ends. It seemed like the, the teacher wanted them to keep going, and then he's just like, and we're done. I got to get back to Harvard. As they're exiting class, Rory's leaving with the guy, and they're talking, and he sort of like casually, you know, asks her to dinner that weekend. And she turns him down and says, you know, uh, I'm not going to be free, but maybe sometime in the future. You think that was her just like nicely letting him down by saying, I would, it's not like I never would, I just, I'm not, I'm not interested right now?
0: I thought in the moment, it felt like she didn't realize she was being asked out. Right. But then later, when she's talking to Lorelai, I think she did know she was being asked out.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And there was that time where Paris didn't know she was being asked out and Rory pointed out, so I think Rory knows what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I think she kind of let him down very harshly.
1: Well, I don't know. Saying that like I would sometime in the future, I feel like is saying like it's not that I don't like you, it's just I, I don't want this to be a date. I don't know.
0: But she didn't say that. She's like, "Oh, let me know how it is, maybe some other time." I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't feel like a very sweet letdown if she is interested in going out with him.
1: I don't know how you let someone down though. It's I don't know.
0: If she really did have plans and that's why she couldn't go. Mm-hmm. I think she should be like, "Oh man, that sucks. I have this thing I need to do Saturday, maybe next weekend."
1: Yeah, I guess in my head she doesn't want to do it again next weekend though.
0: That's true. I don't know. It felt weird. It felt like she was being really dismissive. We find out later she's got reasons for not wanting to date him. So I I guess she probably just maybe didn't want to date him.
1: Yeah. Rory heads back home to do laundry because someone took her clothes out of the dryer and like put them on the ground, I guess. She found one in the trash. It sounds like someone hated her. Yeah. So they're re-dirtied now and she's got to wash them again. So she's going to do that at home. I feel as shit. I don't know how many times like the laundry map next to us. Like if you go like a minute after the dryer's gone off, your clothes are out of there. Yeah. Somebody's in. I don't blame them, but sometimes it's like, I I was like a minute away. You couldn't wait 30 seconds? That's Minutes or or 60 seconds. Well, you like to take
0: that big, good one.
1: That big, good one?
0: Yeah. Machine. The big, good machine.
1: Yeah, it's big and good. You guys know what I'm talking about. The
0: big, good machine.
1: I wouldn't tell it I'm not free this weekend. (laughs) Okay. Lane swings by very quickly to like down some pizza because she's getting garbage food at home as always and to remind us she's in the show. She's only in there for like 60 seconds, 60 seconds, or as I say, two minutes. She's gone very quickly.
0: Rory tries to eat the pizza and Lorelai's like, no, that's not for us. And then Lane comes in and grabs it. But Lane only takes two pieces of two pizzas. Like, was that one pizza entirely for Lane?
1: Yeah, I guess. Maybe she she bought it and she just heats it up for every night for dinner. Yeah, maybe. That's a good point, though. I didn't think about that.
0: But like the other pizza was for them. Are they different pizzas? Eat whatever pizza you want, Rory
1: while Rory and Lorelai catch up they start talking boys mm. Lorelai suggests that Rory should uh try dating around a bit. She points out that Rory has only ever had relationships. She hasn't actually like dated anybody, which I guess is going out without prior emotional connections.
0: Yeah, I, like I don't know. She just sort of dove into relationships like Jess was like we're doing this. This is committed. Right. I feel like Dean kind of was too.
1: Yeah. Rory accuses Lorelai of not having dated either. We've seen her date in the show.
0: Yeah, she went on a date with that guy from her business school, who was a little boy.
1: She went out with Don Draper, aka John Hamm, aka Peyton Sanders, and
0: Alex, who we're just trying to forget about.
1: Yeah, we've just did Alex like piss off the writer. <laughs> Amy is like, decided Alex never existed.
0: And then Rory's like, and then you dated dad again, but that was, like, a day. I think they would have been in a relationship if he didn't, like, have to go leave and be with Sherry, but, like, it it was no time. Rory says that the guy in her class is weird because he carries a water bottle everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a super
1: normal thing. Well, Lorelai calls her out on that. She's like, oh, yeah, hydration, that's creepy. Yeah. Um, Rory essentially just walks away from this conversation, and it's kind of funny because Lorelai's like, are we done talking? Did I win? Lorelei's advice works though because the next day at Yale, Rory is awkwardly trying to flirt with the literature boy again. His name's Trevor, by the way.
0: I just thought of another connection here. What's that? Um, Rory says she doesn't want to go on a date with this guy because he's going to Barcelona anymore. Right. So, like, it, it doesn't pay to start dating him because it won't go anywhere. I feel like that's sort of a similar theme in Buffy where she's, like, not thinking about casual dating as a thing. Right. She's, that's true. Like, looking for a hard relationship to dive into. By yeah. hard, I mean. Serious.
1: Huge dick.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Oh. What you- <laughs> I didn't
0: mean not difficult. Like, oh, okay.
1: Uh, okay. Like a
0: serious relationship. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they both don't have a concept of not being in a very committed relationship.
1: Right. I get that.
0: And they're being encouraged to try other things.
1: Well, she starts talking to this guy, maybe tries to be a little flirty, but he seems rather uninterested, which I get. He was just turned down last week by her or la- earlier this week by her. She follows him out of class, and then just like keeps giving him some pretty big hints that maybe she would reconsider that dinner invitation. I like this scene a lot, though. I thought Alexis did uh, like a great job here of being like playful with Trevor mm. and like flirty. She's all like, "Yeah, talking about books makes me so hungry. I'll probably be hungry like all weekend, especially Saturday." He gets the hint eventually and asks her out. Yeah, and she's like, "Wow, you were so persistent. I gotta give that to you."
0: I wonder if he's like red flags though because it's like weird that she said no and then said yes he never calls her on it
1: maybe he does during the day it does go awkwardly back at Luke's Lorelai has gathered several tables together to do in work at like a bunch of them Luke's mad about it she's like what who cares but I'm like it's his diner he needs the tables to make money and we've already set up that Luke's isn't huge
0: it also does feel like it's probably 2 p.m though there's like no one in there
1: I agree that there's not but like how long is she gonna be there
0: yeah Yeah, we need more information to judge this.
1: No, it's just another one of those, I'm not going to harp on this, but she's like, this whole episode, she's like another thing where she's taking advantage of Luke, and it's funny? Right. (laughs) Like, I guess... Uh, Well, anyway, Lorelai is working with a new interior designer. By the way, Lorelai is really excited to get horses at her inn. What?
0: Which then Luke replies to with, okay, National Velvet, which I looked up is a horse movie. Later in this episode, Luke tries to convince us that he hasn't seen any movies. So apparently he's seen no movies except this very specific horse movie from the 40s that I'd never heard of. Never
1: heard of. Okay. (laughs) Believable.
0: Have you seen movies or not, Luke? You keep making a lot of movie references. Yeah. Matrix, National Velvet
1: Freddie and Jason movies. Yeah. Yeah. He references like several movies in this episode and then later's like, yeah, I've never seen a single movie.
0: Figure it out, Paladinos. In the past. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fix it with a new revival. Anyway, Lorelai's very excited to be working with this new interior designer. Her name's uh fuck, it's Natalie. Her name's Natalie. However, <laughs> However, the woman mentions that she previously worked with her mother, Emily, and this does not sit well with Mm Lorelai. The woman was like, oh, that's how I thought you'd found me, was through Emily. She's like, no, no, not at all. Later, when she's walking with Suki, who, by the way, is much more pregnant now than she was last week.
0: It's kind of all over the place how pregnant she is, I feel. I I think she's gotten smaller after getting bigger and vice versa.
1: They're talking about, she's like, how's Jackson taking your, like, body changes? She's like, well, she, he likes the stomach, but the fat ankles freak him out. There's some pretty funny dialogue here. Jackson wants to name the baby either Davy or Colgate if it's a girl. Suki's excited because she's fine with the name Davy. And so she's going to name it Davy. But since he doesn't want to know the sex of the baby, she has to, like, pretend she's upset about possibly calling the baby Colgate. So she's like, yeah, we're fighting about it. And she's, like, very happy that he's sleeping on the couch because that means that she's doing a good job in there.
0: Yeah, it's stupid, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, I,
1: I, I, I'm fine with that joke. I liked it. But Lorelai changed the subject to Natalie. She thinks maybe she wants to get rid of Natalie because she's worked with Emily. She's worried that Natalie's actually a spy for Emily. Suki's like, we went through a lot of crazy, not good designers, and Natalie is perfect. Get over it, please. Lorelai agrees and then goes to Luke's, you know, to probably put all the tables together so she can have a cell phone meeting. I don't know.
0: I think she went to check on her package. She's, yes,
1: she's having packages delivered to Luke's, which also is like, why not to your house?
0: They set up the mailman. Is confusing.
1: Yeah, well, that's true.
0: Last episode.
1: Well, when she goes in there, Luke has got like 15 messages from her from like all kinds of appraisals and like estimates for the inn, all of which are expensive, which is important, I think.
0: That she says people probably just called because they know she's there a lot. It wasn't like she was like, call me at Luke's. Yeah, but no one is calling
1: and leaving messages with a diner man about the estimates for your inn work.
0: Except these 15 people.
1: She also has a phone at home and a mobile phone.
0: Well, my point is she didn't give them Luke's number. They just figured that's where she would be. My point is
1: that doesn't make any sense.
0: I, I know, but it's not Lorelei's fault.
1: Even if I knew you went to the same diner every time, I would call your cell phone and leave a message there to make sure you got it. I wouldn't be like, hey, diner man...
0: Tell that to the 15 people.
1: I just felt like it was bad writing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, thought, like,
1: I legit thought it was like bad writing. Especially because-
0: since they've like set up in this episode, she has a cell phone that she's using for this business.
1: Exactly. Well, Luke's pissed about it. He's also clearly in a bad mood, which is maybe why he's blowing up on her all the time. Uh, there's this like sweet dude there that's like, oh, hey, Luke, can I get that thing now? I'm running kind of like tight on time. And he's like, oh, you're in a rush, huh? All right, well, let us all stop and do your thing. And hands him a ticket. I, the whole time, I'm like, what is happening right now? Is he getting food? What is happening?
0: It was weirdly established what was happening. It was confusing
1: yeah and then the guy's like i will never take another free thing from you i'm like what are you talking
0: you about you gave him free dinner what's up
1: yeah he really like gives it to this guy too he's like i hope you choke on a hot dog dude's being like not aggressive at all turns out luke's upset or sad because he had bought tickets to a yankee game a while back for him and nicole and he just kind of sat on those tickets and they were just like a constant reminder that his relationship didn't work out and he's alone so he decided to give them away Here we learn that Luke has, like, got a special rule. He's got a lot of rules. That he doesn't ever plan more than two days in advance, I guess. Because otherwise you'll get let down about things, so. That's what he says? Yeah. That's fine, I guess. (laughs) But Lorelai can see that he's bummed and invites him over to watch some movies. He agrees, saying, what else do I have to do tonight? Which is kind of mean to say to your friend, but whatever. She's (laughs) mean to you every day.
0: She's like, I love that when men say that to me.
1: Luke says, get whatever movie you want From the video store because I've like never seen any movies. She's like, what movies haven't you seen? He's like, I haven't seen any, like none. He has seen Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, which is a movie I've never heard of ever. And apparently he knows about that horse movie in The Matrix and Freddy and Jason, which he he mentions like one minute ago. (laughs) At Friday night dinner, Lorelai arrives before her daughter. And when she finds out Rory's not there, she makes an excuse to go back to her car where she just plans to hang out and rock out to the radio until Rory gets there. I would do this. Yeah, totally see this. Uh, her relationship with her mother is like very poor right now, right? Like it's it's maybe the worst it's been so far in the show.
0: I think so. Other than maybe like the very beginning,
1: it's clear she's only spending time with her to spend time with Rory. Like I mean, that's without question. Like she like actively is hating on her mother.
0: Yeah, well, Emily is also really not trying at all right now either to yep. be nice or friendly.
1: Sure, totally agree. I mean, Emily would argue like, oh, I called to see if she was coming to dinner. But okay, so she's in her car for all of like, I don't know, two seconds, and then Emily like comes to the door and unzips her window. Did not know it was zippable. Lorelei's trying to be like, No, I was just trying to get my lipstick or what liquid line gloss whatever the hell women have. I don't know. <laughs> Some men have it, too. I don't know. It's like a some makeup thing. And she's like, well, it's right there. So you're obviously lying. Come inside. Lorelai goes inside and like sits down. And Emily is just like so mad at her. She's like, I'm mad at you because you didn't tell me that Suki was pregnant. Lorelai's like, well, how do you know Suki's pregnant? Emily's like, well, I have my sources. Well, that freaks out Lorelai a bunch. We could just tell she's like, oh, Natalie. Natalie's a spy. Like, <laughs> that's got to be what this is.
0: But then Emily's like, does it bother you not knowing how I found out? <laughs> it's just so evil.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, she does it to like dig because specifically Emily says, does it bother you not knowing? And Lorelai's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, me too. Like, it's bothered me that you're not telling me stuff. But it's like, you ruined your relationship with your daughter. So fuck you. (laughs) Sorry, but you did this, It's hard
0: to feel sympathetic for Emily at the moment.
1: It's almost like, Emily, why don't you come out and apologize and be like, hey, I want to make things right. That's just, you're not though. You could do that. You could swallow your pride for one second.
0: I don't even remember why they're fighting because Lorelai paid her back.
1: Yep. That's what it is, because Lorelai paid her back. How dare she? Well, then Rory shows up, and Rory mentions that she went on a date, and Emily is- a She's m- going to go on a date. You're right. Emily shows up, and she- Rory meant- shows up. Richard comes home.
0: <laughs> Richard's not in this episode.
1: <laughs> he is. He's in the background. He's got this hamburger he will not eat. <laughs> okay, you're right. I had all the names wrong. Okay, so Buffy comes home. <laughs> Rory shows up and she mentions that she's gonna go on a date. Uh, And Emily quickly becomes annoyed about this because Rory maybe sort of asked him out. She didn't, but she like made him aware that she was free. And so she's a harlot now, I guess, in Emily's eyes. She's like, you got to conduct yourself correctly when you're in the real world now at Yale. There's a pretty funny line here where Emily says, Lorelai can't loan Rory clothes for the date. She's all like, you will not dress her up in one of your sex in the city outfits. But then the really funny line is Lorelai is like, how do you know about Sex in the City?
0: She kind of just doesn't answer. That's yeah. the end of the scene.
1: I'm guessing it's the same informant that told her about Suki. She's like keeping her up to date on oh, uh, yeah. Sex in the City. Or maybe she and Luke get together and watch The Matrix and the Sex and the City movie. I don't know.
0: Yeah, they have a secret movie club.
1: Yeah. Not knowing who told Emily about Suki is really getting to Lorelai. That's a lot of names in that sentence.
0: Good job. I'm proud of you.
1: Um, Later, when Suki and Lorelai are looking for in furniture, Lorelai is like kind of cold to Natalie and starts suggesting like everything they're doing is fine and they've got tons of money. So don't worry about it. And so Natalie sort of like consents. the vibes weird, I think. And so she like excuses herself to go outside.
0: Lorelai and Suki both look really pretty in this scene.
1: I think Lorelai looked great in her outfit from the previous night from Friday Night Dinner. But I noticed she wore these like glasses that were like really, what's the word, narrow?
0: Yeah, like not as big and wide of frames as people wear now.
1: It's so we were just talking about this back in this time when this was on and before. I remember always thinking that like big frames look stupid. Mm-hmm. But now like big frames have come back and I'm like on board for it. And I feel like this narrow frame she was wearing kind of made her eyes look squinty. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wish I could go back and give you these frames.
0: She'd be like, who are you, little boy?
1: And I'd be like, I'm from the future. I know Digger. <laughs> He's going to be important soon. I can sense it.
0: I guess you were like 19. You weren't a little boy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. I thought you meant now. And I was like, I don't know why she's calling me a little boy. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. She She jokes around a lot. So I get it. Sugi like tells her you got to deal with this go talk to her so she goes outside she confronts the woman not confronts her but is essentially like hey I don't get along with my mother and I don't communicate with her and this woman's like well just so you know I haven't talked to your mom in forever I did enjoy working for her but that's in the past I don't think I'm gonna see her again and truthfully working on the inn is like my dream job and I would hate to lose this opportunity so I like don't need to talk to Emily again. (laughs)
0: Suki also confirms that Natalie didn't know she was pregnant until, like, she showed up today. So right. Natalie isn't the one that told Emily. We exactly. never find out who told. It could have been Rory.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that. It could have easily have been Rory. Or anyone in the town.
0: I don't know that she's in contact with that many people in the town.
1: Uh, you just need to talk to one. Her name's Miss Patty. <laughs> who knows? Everyone's doing everything they can to make sure that Lorelai's feeling safe and not lonely. Babette could have called. True. Let her know what's going on with their daughter. Anyway, they've decided she's back on board. Natalie's great. We're excited to see what they're going to do with the end. Meanwhile, Rory is getting ready for her date. Tana is, like, on Paris' bed, like, doing math on her legs or something <laughs> with, like, a
0: marker. That's not wrong.
1: And Tana's like, you know, men respond to pheromones, so maybe jogging plays. This is a weird connection to Buffy that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But also, with her roommate, like, musting up the common room in the morning, their place must be a huge dude magnet.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, just bring a guy home. He's gonna be ready to go. Paris has planned a quick roommate meeting to heal. You can't see this if I'm doing air quotes. A lot of them. To heal, but it's actually just like a laundry list of issues she has with Janet. Janet just explodes on Paris and I would too. I'm on team Janet. <laughs>
0: Janet claims the reason she has to exercise is because she has a partial athletic scholarship. Yeah. I didn't know this on my own. I read it somewhere. But apparently, Ivy League schools do not do athletic scholarships. So this is either a lie or another Paladino problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have, if I was writing this, I like, would have said that was true. I did not know that. Yeah. So Janet just explodes at Paris. She's like, you're impossible always, and you're also always super negative, which is true, man. Like, Paris is never positive.
0: Jan's like, I try to imagine, like, what you must have had to go through growing up. And Paris is like, a lot.
1: Yeah. She's also like, your craft corner's a mess and it smells. Paris decides to settle this all with a race that she challenges her to. <laughs> Paris is great. Rory just leaves with the day.
0: The fight's not really resolved in this episode, is it?
1: No. Yeah, we don't see the outcome of that race, so we don't know what happens.
0: But Tana's like, they're going to have a nice musk. She's creepy.
1: So then it's movie night. Luke shows up and he's brought, like, a ton of extra food for her because, you know, he's in love with her.
0: This and, is a weird transition because, I mean, there would have been a commercial break, IRL, but mm-hmm. it, it cuts from Rory like, closing her door to Lorelai opening hers.
1: Right. Good observation. Thank you. When he shows up, though, she's got like a ton of Chinese food she's ordered. She's like, oh, no, I'll eat this over the next couple of days. I like Chinese food stale. I don't like it fresh. She's like, oh, okay, you're, you don't make any sense.
0: She says, I'm a leftover girl. Very Buffy dialogue.
1: Yeah. But anyway, they sit down, and then Lorelai has turned this whole thing into like uh, an ordeal. She demands that he get comfortable and like, quote unquote, squish around so he doesn't make sound during the movie. So I guess they're going to eat silently, too. I don't know what the plan was. I don't know how you eat silently. Kurt, no.
0: He's just not supposed to talk.
1: She doesn't want him to squish around. I
0: don't know. I think she just meant like get comfy.
1: Okay. Uh, But she goes through all these rules. They're not allowed to make phone calls. They can't talk. You can't go to the bathroom. And if you do go to the bathroom, there's no pausing because you got to preserve the flow of the movie. I get that. But as someone with a small bladder, like, I love that we can pause movies. I feel like every time I go to the theater, I have to pee at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because it's like a classic movie in particular.
1: Yeah. She says when it's a true classic, you can't do any of these things. Luke. That's not your name.
0: (laughs) The cat just jumped on the table and Brian called him Luke. Kurt, get down. Luke. Get out of here, Luke.
1: She goes through like all these rules, which I think is hilarious considering that she can't like follow any of Luke's cafe rules. He's like
0: one cafe rule. It's weird that he didn't put that in her face. Yeah. I thought the train thing was funny.
1: Yeah, she makes a joke. First off, he doesn't know what the FBI warning was. He's like, what's this? So he's never seen a movie, I guess. I have a theory that we're going to address in a minute. But she makes a joke about like, hey, so just so you know, I know when people first saw movies, they got freaked out when the train came towards the screen and they all ran away screaming. You're not going to be hurt. And he's like, ha ha. That was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, because that's like a real thing that happened, right?
1: Yeah. I wonder, this this is a fan theory, okay? What if Luke is just lying so he can spend time with her? Because ah. he makes all these movie references, which seems impossible if he's not seeing movies.
0: I can't confirm nor deny, but I, I like it.
1: And then later, he fast forward. He's like, I'm trying to get to the good parts because we're not going to finish it.
0: But he would have no idea what the good parts are.
1: Exactly. Hmm. How would he know what the good parts are if he's never seen it? It could just be that funny, oh, Luke does, he's a weirdo. He's, of course he hasn't. Or it could be that, no, I want to spend time with Lorelai because I'm in love with her. Could be. While they're on their friendship hangout,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Rory's on her date, and it's not going well at all. She's getting, like, super flustered and nonplussed and doesn't know, like, what to talk about or, like, how to respond to what he's saying. She's, like, shutting down hard.
0: She, like, forgot she went to Italy when he asked if she'd been to Italy? Yeah.
1: She doesn't understand why this isn't working, though, because they're both intelligent people who like books. They should be able to talk. But this reminds me a lot of, like, our first date.
0: Which wasn't really a date. It was,
1: like, a friendship hangout, but we both were into each other.
0: Secretly. We didn't know that.
1: Right. But there was there was a spark there and I remember hanging out with you and getting lunch and thinking a little bit like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. But like I just still remember being like, God, like I had nothing to talk about.
0: We were doing something for our improv group that we were in. We were like printing t shirts. Yeah. Just happened to be alone and then we were like had to get food out of necessity. It wasn't even like a let's meet up thing.
1: But I didn't mind that we were getting food. No.
0: But then I was like, Wow, this sucks. Having to talk to this guy. No, not really. But it just felt awkward.
1: Like, everything should have been working. Like, I was like, I know this woman. She's funny. She's clever. She's intelligent. We're a good match. We should be clicking. But, like, nothing was clicking. It's like the gears weren't catching. I don't know how to describe it. It was sort of just, like, brain fog. We, like, couldn't think of what to talk about.
0: I almost felt like you were listening to me, but, like, didn't seem interested in anything I was saying.
1: Yeah, which I was probably just, like, overthinking everything you said. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, didn't work out for us. And Rory is riding a similar struggle bus here. She tries to tell a fun anecdote, but it's about pee mints, so it's not going great.
0: No.
1: She's also, like, super surprised and, like, kind of disappointed that he, like, sits next to her at the table. She's all like, what?
0: That is a little weird. Sit across from each other.
1: I agree. I, I don't think it's, like, crazy, though, right? Couples do that.
0: I can't, Maybe it feels uh, better for him because then you don't have to, like, make eye contact.
1: Yeah, maybe. Or it, maybe it's just too intimate too early.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but, yeah, I would much rather look at you than sit next to you on a first date. Now I don't want to look at
0: you. Yeah, now I almost would rather sit next to you.
1: But I do like that musk, so I would sit next to you. Thank you. Things are going so bad at this date. She just, like, calls home, like, help, Mom, I need advice. Lorelai feels bad that she can't help Rory more. And she kind of tells Luke, well, you got to push him out of the nest sometime when, like, they got to learn to fly on their own. Like, you know, she's got to figure out how to navigate this awkwardness on her own. But then Luke suggests that she could tell the guy that there's a draft. And so she's got to switch sides. That works. She calls. Rory's like, thank you so much. I'm going to do that. Not going to talk about pee mints. I'm excited. But then after they hang up and Rory's set to resume her date, Luke and Lorelai just start talking about dating. And I kind of felt like this scene was a little flirty. Specifically from Lorelai. Okay. I don't know how to describe it. Just something in the way she was talking about, like, the only way to not be single is to, like, date. I don't know. Just the way she, like, moved her body and stuff seemed flirty to me.
0: Yeah. To me, it felt like like the elephant in the room that they weren't addressing. But they really didn't go there at no. all. This was, like, very much just a friendship thing.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's also, like, a little weird, right? Because it's not weird for two platonic friends to hang out. That's not weird. It is weird for two people who, like, have loads of sexual attention and baggage to hang out for, like, a movie night together.
0: Like we did? Well,
1: yeah. You saw where that went. hmm But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not weird, but it's like, well, something's happening here.
0: Yeah. But Luke says that he doesn't really like dating and he doesn't need to date because he can tell in his gut if he's comfortable with someone. He said he felt it with Rachel and Nicole.
1: And I think it's implied that he feels that way with Lorelai, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: But he also says, like, knowing that someone will let you be. And then Lorelai, like, immediately harasses him for something. (laughs) So it kind of contradicts, if he is talking about Lorelai, she immediately, like, contradicts that. Right. Also,
1: she has a fundamentally different opinion than him. Yeah. She's like, well, no, you got to do a bunch of trial and error. You have to spend a bunch of time with someone to see if you're, like, a good fit.
0: Is that what she's trying to do right now?
1: Is that what's going on right now?
0: I don't know. Like, there's there's tension for us watching the scene, but it doesn't feel tense for them.
1: No. Also, you know, she's still dating Alex. I think. So. Yeah.
0: She doesn't remember that. <laughs> Can you believe someone would just forget they have a boyfriend?
1: Yeah. I, I really want Alex to show up one day. And be like, you just stopped calling. <laughs> like, I've been leaving messages at Luke's, and I don't think he's giving them to you.
0: It's appalling. Oh
1: my, you said appalling. Like, there's a Paul coming up, isn't there? There's what? No, Paul. I just said
0: the word appalling.
1: <laughs> oh my god, who's Paul?
0: who is Paul
1: oh my god we're gonna find out okay at some point Lorelai like gives up on the rules and goes to get dessert and the phone rings so while she's gone Luke answers which I think is weird why I would never answer the phone at someone else's house unless they asked me to no he answers the phone, and Emily's like, who's this? And he's all like, who's this? Which is like, no, you're the one who's weird on the phone. No one expected a man to answer the house inhabited by two women. Right. And while they're holding the phone, not on mute, Lorelai's just explaining how she doesn't want to talk to her mom and how it's like a rule to she wants to always dodge phone calls from her mother. <laughs> Emily gets on the phone, though, and she just starts complaining uh, about a couple things about the rules. She's like, oh, so now who can talk to me? Make me a list, please.
0: It's pretty sassy, but she sort of has given her shit for talking to people. <laughs>
1: Lot. yeah but also we find out that emily had called natalie to see if she could do some more work and natalie was like i can't work with you anymore and emily pressed her and she finally told her the truth i don't know why she ended up telling her the truth at all i don't feel like she should have
0: yeah i like i get why emily's annoyed but she's giving lorelei such a big guilt trip about it
1: yeah and lorelei's like well you know what i'm not gonna work with her anymore and you can have her and Emily's like don't fire her on my behalf she's like i'm gonna fire her don't worry about it she's fired Which I'm like, no, don't do that. That's awful. We just had a scene where Natalie was like, this is my dream job. I won't talk to your mother. And Emily made it confirmed that, like, Natalie didn't want to tell her the truth. So, like, this poor Natalie is just, like, collateral damage because of your relationship with your mother.
0: Typically, we don't see her get fired, so I don't really remember if she does or doesn't.
1: Uh, I guess I don't know, but she ends the scene saying, I'm going to fire her tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and Emily's like, see you Friday.
1: So that's sad. But then the scene ends with Luke shushing her, so that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. Then we jump ahead to after Rory's date, she comes home to Lorelei's, where Luke has fallen asleep on the couch.
0: And they say, he looks comfy there, doesn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that Rory never questions why Luke is there. Because she never told Rory she was going to be hanging out with Luke.
1: She told Rory that Luke gave her that advice.
0: Right, but in that moment, I was surprised that Rory wasn't like, what's Luke doing there?
1: Well, I mean, they're friends. He's been over their house before.
0: Yeah. He's, he's been not, over to their
1: house a bunch of times.
0: He's not often there on a Saturday night alone.
1: He's there at random times doing
0: housework. It wasn't housework time. It was Saturday time. What? <laughs> you know, Saturday time. Does that mean sex? What is... Yeah, date night. I didn't, it didn't bother
1: me at all because he wasn't like in the bed or something. I don't think it's that weird that like a- I mean, they know Luke so intimately. I don't know. It doesn't seem that weird to me.
0: Yeah, I was just a little surprised Rory didn't question it on the phone and then that she didn't mention anything about it at all when he was in their home sleeping. She like freaked out about Max Medina being there one time.
1: Yeah, but Max Medina is, you know, it's a hunk of man. Sure. Anyway, um, apparently he fell asleep during Hard Bodies. They hung out through Casablanca and tried to make it through Hard Bodies, which is a comedy from the 80s I'd never heard of. The two start talking about the date and how it didn't really work out. She's maybe not interested in seeing him again. And Lorelai points out that Rory, until now, has been pretty lucky with guys because they've sort of just been there, and now she's going to have to hunt. She's going to have to go find guys, which kind of sets up, I think, where the season's maybe going to go. I don't know. We got to another scene. It's late at night. Rory's going to go pick up some laundry, uh, and she notices that it's been taken out of the dryer. But there's a nice guy there who said, yeah, I saw that, so I put it in my basket to keep it clean. She's like, oh, nice. So he seems like a nice guy. She notices he's got some band stickers on his basket that she likes, and they start to, like, talk and kind of hit it off, it seems like. Uh, and so when he starts to leave, she sort of has this, like, thought, like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? And she's like, hey, do you want to grab a coffee sometime? And he's just like, uh, yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> walks away.
0: Yeah, kind of. Rudely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then she feels super rejected.
0: Not rudely, but he could have said it nicer.
1: You're right, he could have, yeah. I I liked it, though, because it was like, yeah, Rory, like it's not always going to work, and this is your your first time ever being rejected, I think, so.
0: Usually guys just literally fight over you.
1: Yeah, so she's got to be like, wait, what? But don't you want to fight someone in an alley to be my friend?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: So I like that ending, actually, quite a bit. (laughs) He was rude, but, you know, she's going to find that in the world. So, Stace, do you think this is a good episode?
0: Definitely not bad, but... Not really, no.
1: I feel like this episode was good on emotional levels for a couple of things, but I feel like it really lacked that many good jokes.
0: Yeah, like, Emily was just obnoxious and not particularly funny. Like, mm. sometimes her and Lorelai fighting is, is either very good because of the drama or f- funny because their their bitterness towards each other can be funny. Right. So I didn't really enjoy when she was on screen too much. Yeah. The Luke and Lorelai stuff was, like, fine, but again, nothing special, either emotional or comedically. I didn't really enjoy the Natalie storyline. I don't know. That just wasn't that interesting. Maybe Lorelai even seems like a bit of a baby for like needing to have a completely separate life. I get it. I get her mother being is being awful. So I get why she'd want to separate that. Uh, And Rory's dating was like kind of whatever. I don't know. Marty was so much. The actual date itself was bad. So it wasn't fun to watch. Right. But I mean, the concept of Rory learning about dating and like thinking about that as being something she's going to want to do going forward. And Luke and Lorelai's perspectives on what dating is. I, that, that was all interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Just kind of another forgettable episode, I thought.
1: Yeah. I hear that. Did you like it? It was fine. It was, wasn't was bad. But it was interesting. And I kind of said this, I think, about last week. The show usually is just packed with so many good jokes. And I felt like this one just like, I feel like they did have jokes in it, but they just didn't all hit for me. Mm-hmm. They weren't like big swings and a miss, like, oh, that was rough to watch or something. It was just, I don't know didn't really, they didn't all knock it out of the park for me.
0: I do like how they're navigating Rory being at college. Like, sure, yeah. I don't know, I just think it's interesting that we see both her star's hollow life and her college life. Right. She's not far, so it's not weird that she sees Lorelai often. Okay, well should we talk about the other shows?
1: Oh yeah. Now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Unchar.
0: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen.
1: But we're discussing it anyway.
0: Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 4, Episode 5, Size Matters, while investigating a creepy old house, Paige involves the Charmed Ones with a demon named Gamil and are all shrunk to the height of five inches.
0: Is Gamil related to Gagnor?
1: I'm gonna say yes.
0: Gagnor, the demon from Buffy that was teeny tiny? That was
1: five inches tall? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Paige needs to get her shit together. What is going on?
1: Stop involving the charmed ones and stuff.
0: I know they're, like, your maybe sisters, but, like, I don't know, just, like, have a normal day where you work your library job, come home, cook a snack from the Book of Shadows, and go to bed, Paige.
1: don't be like, hey, you want to hang out with my friend Gamil?
0: What does that mean? She involves them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. What? They're doing a heist together? And, like, and we also got Gamil. He'll get us in the window by shrinking us down.
0: I mean, that's what happened, but Mm -hmm. I bet... She thought it was like a game night or something,
1: but he
0: wanted it to be a heist. I see. She thought they were going over there to play, you know... Catan, which was maybe out then? It was out then. Okay. Catan. And they were like, yeah, cool. We, you know, don't really do stuff like that anymore. You know, just hang out, play games, don't deal with magic. So, you know, she's like, oh, cool. My friend Gamil came into the library today and he wants us to come over. Turns out it's not even his house. It's a big, spooky, old, creepy house. And he wants them to get shrunken down so they can break in. Because he can't shrink down.
1: To steal something?
0: Yeah. It's a gem of... Tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually the gem of tomorrow, but that's just the way it's pronounced.
0: Yeah, he has like an accent where that's how he says it.
1: You got to get the gem of tomorrow.
0: <laughs> it's a gem that allows you to see into the future. But yeah, just, tomorrow. Just one day. Yeah, just one day you'll get
1: Tamara. Tomorrow. So he shrinks them down. They have no idea what they're doing. They eventually bring him the gem, and uh, they yeah, use... it's not
0: hard once they're shrunk. That's like the hard. He had a great idea.
1: Yeah, it takes like three of them to carry it out,
0: and then they have to walk all the way back home, which is far when you're that small. Yeah, but Andy's so excited.
1: He's like, "Oh my god, you guys know what it's like." And they have this big, like, really fun day where they hang out.
0: Yeah, they have a game night. Yeah, in the cupboard,
1: mm-hmm. and they play katan, but like they're like on the board, and it's like super fun. And yeah. Cole comes over and helps them play.
0: Yeah, because they can't. It's hard for them to hold the cards. The yeah. cards are the the regular size
1: totally uh but then at the end of the day the spell wears off and they all get big
0: yeah it just wears off yeah and you know they maybe committed a felony by heisting that gem
1: that's a felony
0: i don't know can't be good can't be legal
1: yeah they commit a felony but no one ever finds out right so it works out
0: and gamil is just out there still
1: looking at tamara
0: yeah what does he want the gem for to so look at tamara
1: he, he's got a betting issue he's doing a lot of bets
0: yes <laughs> And it turns out tomorrow is bad. It was a bad day. Yeah. So he just uh, stays in the whole next day instead of doing the next gambling or heisting thing he had planned.
1: But then he does a bunch of it, so.
0: Yeah, in perpetuity. Yeah. Maybe we'll see him again. Yep. It is funny that when they go back to full size, they're, they fall asleep in the cupboard, so then they're all just, like, kind of crammed in the cupboard, and Andy's like, get out.
1: Yeah, and their clothes don't shrink or get bigger, so then they're just, like, naked. It's weird. Yeah. We don't see anything. It's blurred. It's, it's a blurred. television show, guys. Ca- don't what? get weird.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been Meanwhile, Meanwhile on, Charmed. on Charmed.
1: So, Stacy, we also watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. As always, can you please tell us about Beer Bad?
0: Caveman. It's about this cave- has
1: been <laughs>
0: <laughs> Caveman. That's really all there is to say. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's do it. It opens on Buffy kicking ass in the graveyard per usual. but Parker's there.
1: I think she's kicking more ass than use. Right? She's like fighting a ton of vampires at once. There's
0: definitely a lot of asses to be kicked. That's yeah. for sure. But what's Parker doing here? Visiting his fake dead dad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if his dead dad is fake, but it could be. She tells him to hold on, and then she kills, like, 12 vampires to some Nintendo music. And Parker's like, whoa, that was so hot. I treated you like shit, and you saved my life still. I want to make things right. Will you ever forgive me, puppy dog eyes? <laughs> and then, like, Cordelia and Xander's makeout music starts playing, and it it's clear that this is a dream. It's just too good to be true of what's coming out of his mouth. Cut to Buffy in sight class, clearly having just daydreamed. Parker's in there too, kind of a few rows up, just loudly flirting with another girl. Mean- when is he
1: not flirting? Every time we look over, he's got his like nose to nose with another woman. I
0: know. Meanwhile, Professor Walsh is like laying out the thesis for the episode yeah. that our id and our desire for pleasure, they dominate whatever social skills we've learned. We want what we want and generally do whatever it takes to get it. But Buffy wants Parker. She seems to be in denial about the fact that he clearly doesn't want to be her boyfriend. So she just like drifts back into fantasy land. Same slang fantasy. Tons of vampires. But now Parker has his shirt unbuttoned and he's like handing her flowers and ice cream while he yeah. apologizes. By the way, Parker is so loudly flirting with the girl. Like I don't buy that Professor Walsh wouldn't chew him out.
1: Well, she's probably seeing him too, so.
0: <laughs> but then she'd be upset that he's cheating on her. Anyway. Buffy and Willow are studying outside on campus. Xander shows up trying to do a bit with like a lighter in Buffy's face, who's like not having it. He goes on to explain that he just got a job at the local pub and that he wants Buffy to like pretend to be a lonely drunk unloading her problems on him. This would have made sense to tell her before he started putting a lighter in her face. Yeah, He's just like, why don't you get what I'm doing?
1: I feel like if he were friends with Rory or Lorelai, they would have played along.
0: Is this from a movie or something? Like, I kind of knew the premise of this episode, but I had no idea what he was doing. Like, is, is this a specific... He's, like, putting the lighter in her face and being, like, having a hard day, ma'am, or whatever. Like, he's a bartender hoping she'll unload her problems on him.
1: The thing is, is I can't tell you because I don't know, but, like... The lighter I part say, of it seems weird. Yeah. I want to say, like, no, this is a thing, but I've also seen this episode before. So, like, maybe I'm just remembering this episode.
0: Yeah. I, like, the concept of a person talking to a bartender feels familiar, but the lighter part I didn't get. Whatever. I guess he's gotten a fake ID to be a bartender, because they're 18, 19, I imagine. I think you can actually be under 21 and serve alcohol. You just have to be 18 to serve it. Maybe it depends on the state. But Willow and Buffy are really unimpressed and unsupportive of this. He clearly did this to be part of their college life, and they just don't really care. Willow's got a date tonight with Oz, so she can't come to the bar. Buffy's too wrapped up in her Parker problems. She's hoping he'll realize that she's really the one for him, and she just thinks he has intimacy problems because of his dead dad. Willow's like, shut the fuck up. Parker sucks, dude. There are better men where the mind is stronger than the penis. And then Xander weirdly, loudly, clearly dubbedly yells, nothing can defeat the penis. Say it again. Nothing Nothing can (laughs) can defeat the penis.
1: (laughs) Oh, was that your voice, Stacy? It seemed... Not like it was you at all.
0: And then he's like, too loud, wasn't it? It clearly wasn't loud. Like, he just said it regular, and then they redubbed it to make it louder. It didn't even sound like Nicholas Brendon. <laughs> no, I was like, where is that coming from? Is this the monster? Are they showing up right now? <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. I get Buffy thinking that she could be, like, the special one to tame Parker. I can't say I wouldn't have those thoughts, you know, if she's, like, got this huge crush on him and they had an intimate moment. Like, I know they had sex and that's a very special thing for her. But, like, once you see him very intimately flirting and later kissing other women, I don't know, it was, like, one night. You you gotta get over it.
1: I mean, I am totally on your side.
0: They did hang out for like a week. Oh, the, most of the intimate stuff they did was just like one night. Like they kissed and had sex one night. It's not like they were a couple or even like he did this to her for like a month or two. Then it would make a little more sense that she was at a, having a harder time understanding how he wouldn't want to be with her.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you got to think about it from Buffy's point of view specifically, where the only relationship she's had other than like really pithy, pathetic, like, you know, she was 15, yeah, whatever, like have been like all in end of the world, I love you forever, will sacrifice myself for you relationships. Yeah. And sex has been a very big deal for her. She's had it once and it had a lot of baggage that came with it. So I feel like it isn't crazy that she's like having trouble dealing with this. It's the second time too that a boy has had sex with her and then just like ghosted her.
0: I think I would get it more if she wasn't like actively seeing him clearly wanting other women. It's not just like, oh, he's out there and alone and maybe he'll come back to me. It's like, no, he's he's pursuing other people. But also
1: Buffy knows she is special.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that, too.
1: It isn't just like, oh, I'm not as good at her. It's like, no, you you know, you are special. (laughs) Like you're the chosen one. Yeah. So you might be like, maybe I can fix him. I can do it. But I I do agree that watching this, especially the first time, I was kind of like, oh, you're mopey. Get over it, Buff.
0: Yeah. Turns out Xander's not a very good bartender. Everyone's yelling at him, but Buffy decides maybe she will go to the bar, where she sees Parker, very flirty with another girl, and then she runs into Riley. That seems to be happening a lot. Riley kind of tells her that Parker is a piece of shit womanizer. Does he just know that from being his TA?
1: I mean, he probably, I mean, every time we look over at Parker, he's like kissing a woman. Yeah, I
0: guess he was just flirting in class, even if Professor Walsh didn't notice. I guess Riley did.
1: It's like whispering secrets into every woman's neck,
0: yelling secrets into every woman's
1: neck. He's being dubbed over with loud secrets.
0: <laughs> but Buffy's like, shut up, Riley. I'm not going to be interested in you till later this season. <laughs> so he leaves. Xander successfully does his lighter bit on a girl with bangs, almost worse than Buffy's in a men's. But then this college dude just like swoops in and starts doing that scene from Goodwill Hunting where the college guy in the bar tries to one up the townie with his knowledge. Like, it's just like that. He's like using big words like, oh, aren't you impressed by how smart I am? But come on, dude. This is Sunnydale High University, not Harvard.
1: Did you say, say Sunnydale High?
0: Yeah, that's what I've been calling this college. <laughs> It's the same school, but it's college now. Yeah, okay. They're just so mean to Xander.
1: Yeah, it's it's absurd how mean they are to Xander. Like
0: this isn't like a hard college to get into, I don't think.
1: No. Definitely not.
0: Xander, I guess, didn't get in, or at least didn't try.
1: I don't know that he would have the money or the want to go. Right. Yeah, they make fun of him for, like, trying to, what, talk to a girl for two seconds?
0: Yeah, they're like, girls don't want guys like you. They want the college guys. I'm like, yeah, they want the Harvard guys, not you, you fucking townie. (laughs) He's probably-
1: Townie plus? He probably
0: grew up there. He just goes to the college.
1: Yeah, I mean, he tries to sound smart as shit. But it sounds like bullshit.
0: And then he orders a pitcher of Black Frost, which has already been very prominently product-placed, so we know something's up with the beer. And then Xander tries to be all tough guy. He's going to make him show ID, or he's not getting a drop. And then the owner just walks by, and he's like, just give him a beer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That was really funny. Which
0: makes sense in retrospect, but it was also very funny. They just undercut Xander's, like... Authority, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just give him the beer.
0: Buffy's sitting all sad at the bar. She's starting to realize what Parker really is, I think.
1: If only there were some signs.
0: (laughs) She kind of jokes about the idea about not killing him, but leaving him in a dangerous vampire-ridden cave, which isn't so different from where this episode goes. (laughs) Xander's trying to comfort her, but he gets yelled at to go back to work, and he tells her not to go anywhere, but she immediately gets up to leave. And then, one of the smart, I'm doing quotes... A lot of them.
1: One of the pseudo intellectuals. Yeah.
0: Comes over with his friends and very weirdly propositions her to stay. This is very Marty, but it's like they're just a row of four of them in like all different brightly colored shirts, just like popping out behind each other, like Russian dolls. <laughs> it's very, like, they're all in a line. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, you were pointing out,
1: you're like, what do they want to do? Do they all want to bang her?
0: Yeah, because they say, you're a very beautiful girl who should be covered with men. It just, it's just like some of their language is very creepy. Bubby's not so sure, but then she sees Parker leaving with the girl he was with, and now she is down. They're all sitting at a table chugging their Black Frost. Black Frost is the only beer, they say. That can't be good. They're still trying to have their intellectual conversations, but the beer's affecting them a bit, like kind of just regular tipsiness dulling them. You know, standard beer drinking stuff. They don't seem too drunk, but like not quite as with it. They disagree about the topic they should be discussing, but they definitely agree that they all love this beer, even Buffy. Meanwhile, Willow and Oz are at the bronze. Apparently Oz missed class this morning? They don't say why. And then a new band starts playing, and Oz has a weird little feeling in his tummy or something. The singer of the band is the woman that Oz exchanged a passing glance with one time. We saw this in a previous episode. hmm He seems very entranced by her. Kind of like he can't take his eyes off of her. He doesn't want to leave when Willow suggests they go home and fix his tummy with soup. And she's basically like singing at Oz. And Willow's like, uh, what the fuck? Do you like know her? This is weird. She's
1: like, I fucking him hard.
0: hmm And he doesn't know her, but he says he knows her name, which is Veruca, like from Willy Wonka. And he's like familiar with the band, but he doesn't really know her. But he's looking at her like he wants to know her, you know? Like in the Bible sense. hmm the next morning, Willow's muttering about Veruca, and Buffy's muttering about how great TV is and how great beer is, and tells Willow she spent the night with four guys. Willow, for a couple minutes, thinks Buffy had a big orgy, which is quickly cleared up, but that was kind of funny. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think at this moment, we're to believe that Buffy's hungover. Yeah. But she's acting more like she's still drunk, like very drunk. Yeah. And we learn later that that's not exactly what's up. But at this point, I'm like, maybe Sarah Michelle Geller just hasn't been drunk and doesn't know how to act at all. But like also have the writers and directors of this episode never been drunk either. It's kind of like in the Gilmore Girls episode last week with the bachelor party. I feel like Dean did not know how to be drunk. Mm-hmm. That actor was, I think, 21 at the time of that. So I bet he'd been drunk, but their drunkenness just felt wrong. They go to class. Buffy's still acting a little weird. The girl in front of her is eating a sandwich and Buffy just grabs it and starts eating it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will's like, Are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine.
0: And then we see a shot of like a random, dungeon-y chemistry lab where an anonymous figure is brewing up a batch of black frost.
1: It's a green liquid, which is never good in Buffy.
0: But then the beer comes out regular colored?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he put some dye in there? But it's like a green liquid for sure.
0: This is one of those rando secret basement lab episodes, like Beauty and the Beast or Some Assembly Required.
1: Or uh, Go Fish. Yeah. I feel like it's got a very Go fishy vibe. There's
0: always a dude who's figured out how to do some very complicated experiment on his own.
1: Yeah, and he's just messing around with... Chemicals. Chemicals, yeah.
0: In an abandoned place. Yeah,
1: in a place that you probably need to sterilize.
0: Later that night, Buffy's with her four new boyfriends again at Xander's bar. The beer has really affected them this time. It's more than drunk. It's now very obviously just making them cavemen. Like two word sentences, grammar's out the window. Buffy's very impressed with the jukebox. Xander cuts her off, tells her to go home and go to bed. Now, he still thinks she's just drunk. And again, he's also like 18 or 19 and they don't show him being a big drinker. So maybe he just truly doesn't know what drunk looks like yet. But I feel like he should tell her to wait there and he'll walk her home when his shift is over Mm -hmm. if she's clearly that drunk, if he cares about her. Or call Willow. Yeah, she's just like too drunk to function if if she is drunk. Totally. It's not safe to... I mean, she's Buffy, but I don't know that she's Buffy in this state. Well, I mean,
1: there's other ways to get hurt besides someone taking advantage of you, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe he just figured she'd be fine if someone did try to do that because she'd punch him.
1: Right. I mean, even in a drunk state, she'd probably be able to beat the shit out of somebody pretty easy.
0: A little later, he tells the smart guys it's time to go home too. I'd say they're like full cavemen now, but that's actually going to happen in a second. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're pre-full cavemen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like their shirts are off. They're grunting. They kind of just throw some money down when he tells them to leave. And Xander totally cheats them out of a bigger tip than they'd probably normally leave. I fully support that. If someone's mean to you and then too drunk to figure out how to pay, take that money, Zandy. Yep. He kind of got consent, too. Like, he kind of walked them through it, and they weren't like, no, no, too much money.
1: Yeah, he really was like, I'm taking this money.
0: Yeah, it's not like he took it out of their pocket. But one of them's in the bathroom, and then does indeed go full caveman, and then the rest of them do. I just, I hate this. It's not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I saw where it was going. They set it up pretty hard with the theme, and they were acting like cavemen, like the way they were speaking.
1: Yep. Also the title.
0: Yeah. They seem like they're going to attack Xander. He scares him off with the lighter. Fire bad. Xander goes to tell his boss, and he's like, yeah, I know. I did this, right? Isn't that awesome? (laughs) My brother-in-law's a warlock. He showed me how. That's it. That's all the explanation. Anyway,
1: I'm out of the episode. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: He did it because he hates these guys. Like, they treat him like they treated Xander. They're assholes that think they're so smart and that they're different than us. And Xander's like, they are now. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty funny. It's interesting because I feel like top of the episode Xander would totally relate to this guy, but like, I don't know. Xander snaps into gotta fix everything mode.
1: It's also now we know why the guy was so fine with serving these guys. Yes,
0: yes. So Xander's pissed, not because of the guys being turned into cavemen, but because Buffy's out there somewhere and who knows what state she's in. The owner's like, don't worry, it'll wear off in a day or so. (laughs) Good to know.
1: The thing about this, though, is, like, are you done owning a bar now? Like, are you assuming Xander's not going to tell and those guys aren't going to do anything that gets them or someone else killed?
0: I'm also surprised that, like, more people aren't affected. Like, this beer is not, like, in a secret compartment that he right. gives to the people he doesn't like. It's, like, on tap very prominently.
1: The only thing you could argue is that, like, it took two nights of drinking before they went all caveman, so maybe he, like, kind of will tell people that he's out of it or something if they're if he doesn't want them drinking it.
0: Yeah, I guess so. he
1: would be like, oh, the keg's out, but then once these guys are like, no, there's plenty and it's cheap today, you know?
0: Or maybe it just started, you know, being on tap. Sure, Yeah. Meanwhile, we're just seeing, like, long, long scenes of these dudes being cavemen outside, climbing trees, falling from trees. One of them laughs at the other ones for just an eternity. Yeah.
1: Oh, these scenes aren't even fun to watch.
0: One of them finally hits another one, and then that one laughs for a while. It's like, God, we're going to do this again? going to get full five minutes of this guy laughing, too? Is this what happened to the guy Sunday was friends with?
1: <laughs> That's why he's such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Maybe he drank one of these guys. Yeah. And then he's like, whoa.
0: <laughs> and then one of them gets hit by a car. Good. Hit all of them. Keep them coming. <laughs> Keep coming, cars. And then they smell some women. That can't be good.
1: Nope. Tana told us that men are attracted to women's pheromones.
0: And those women were running.
1: Yep. And we know from Professor Walsh, Walsh that the id is strong.
0: Yeah. Also on this night, Oz asks Willow if she wants to go see Veruka's band again, because he's going to be sitting in with them. And Willow's like, definitely not. I'd rather study. I mean, that's something she would do anyway. But she's clearly upset. She kind of just walks away without saying much nice to him. And he, he can tell she's upset, but right. they definitely don't resolve this in this episode. Mm-hmm. I guess he missed class again, too. This time he said it was because he was practicing, but I, I don't really know why he's missing class. That's If that's supposed to be related, it's not explained why.
1: Yeah, it might not be. He's always been sort of... Absent.
0: Mm -hmm. But Willow goes to a coffee shop where she happens to see Parker. This is a location we haven't seen yet. It's a kind of cool, quiet, underground coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Kind of a cave, if you will. I don't know if that's intentional. Willow confronts Parker. She's like, how could you hurt Buffy? And he's like, I don't think I need to explain myself to you or anyone else, Willow. And he's kind of right. Yeah. Like he maybe owes Buffy an apology because he did sort of trick her and lead her on, I think. He made it sound like he would call that same night and didn't. Mm -hmm. He definitely was like trying to get something from her in a manipulative way. But he goes on to tell Willow that you shouldn't have to like preface casual sex with like, hey, just so you know, this doesn't mean we're going to get married. But like I said, I'd argue he did sort of purposely treat Buffy that way to get in her pants. Yep. But if that's how he wants to live his life, he doesn't deserve to have Willow judge him for that.
1: Well, I think she can judge him, but like... He doesn't owe her anything. Right. Right.
0: He kind of explains that being able to have just a one night with someone is a thing and that Willow just doesn't get that. Which he I think- also
1: says he's sorry for hurting Buffy. He didn't mean to lead her on either.
0: Yeah. And I think this kind of opens Willow's eyes a bit since she's having trouble with Oz. She's sort of finding this interesting at least. Do you? Yeah. Hmm.
1: I didn't feel that way.
0: Well, I mean, this is going somewhere different than we expect, but like, I do feel like she's hearing this for the first time that like... Being casual is an option, because she's only also been in a very committed relationship. Mm -hmm. But then he immediately starts to play his fucking mind games on Willow, too. And it seems like she's falling for it, but she's not. The show tricked us. Willow tricked Parker. She calls him out. She's like, you're just trying to find a woman and drag her to your den. Men haven't changed since the dawn of time. Cue cavemen (laughs) just busting into the coffee cave with their women to do God knows what. I mean, I know what, but God does, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? I feel like the elephant in the room in this episode is like, oh, you're going to take advantage of these women. Also, are you going to fuck the elephant that's in this room? (laughs) (laughs) Why is the elephant here?
0: And they knock out Parker and Willow. Xander has gone to Giles for help. Giles is pissed that Xander gave her beer, whether he knew it was evil or not. And he kind of jabs at Giles for being a rebellious young lad himself, which is fair.
1: But he's like, you did like demon stuff. <laughs>
0: like, Yeah, we can have beer. You were like in a cult.
1: She also like has saved the world multiple times. If she wants a beer, motherfucker, like she can have it.
0: Yeah. Well, Xander almost indicates like I'm not her dad and neither of you. So just chill. They arrive at Buffy's dorm where she's gotten quite the head start on some cave paintings. She's just like shouting Parker bad. She's in not great shape. Yeah. She's not full caveman. Like she doesn't have the caveman face, but she's acting the part pretty. I'm glad she hasn't regressed
1: back to having those season three amends bangs.
0: I do think her hair is longer though. Yeah. In this state that that, that somehow happened. They're trying to reason with her. She gets real close to Xander and says, boy, smell nice. And Giles is uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> Giles is not not liking it at all.
0: Xander mentions beer and then Buffy's all like, Buffy want beer. Giles tells her no. Buffy reminds them that she's strong. And I think they both have a realization that she might be a caveman, but that probably doesn't mean she isn't still strong as fuck, which could be an interesting combo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't challenge saying, like, yes, Buffy's strong.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, shit, I'm afraid. And uh, she kicks both of them and runs away to look for beer.
1: I feel like what they should have done, and I realize, I'm thinking after the fact, is be like, okay, we're going to bring you beer, and then brought her some, like, O'Doul's fake beer, or just or just any other kind of beer. Yeah. You know, tell her, we're going to do the thing you want, so she doesn't, like, freak out or get mad or whatever.
0: That's interesting. Or That's-
1: take her to, like, Oz's cage.
0: Are we At the library that doesn't exist anymore? Where does Oz go? Well, He's yeah,
1: Oz has to go somewhere. We actually do see where he goes fairly soon, but... Um,
0: oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder... They don't really say, but I wonder if the beer has some kind of addictive property, because, like, Buffy really wanted more, even after the first night.
1: Yeah, but if she's just also regressed to, like, basic desires, and the beer was making her feel happy... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It could go either way. It could be either one.
0: So I wonder if a, an alternative beer wouldn't do it for her. Right. At the coffee cave, the cavemen are starting a fire to set the mood? I don't know.
1: Dude, let me tell you this. This is just true. Cave women love fire. So these guys know what's up.
0: They're very excited to have discovered Willow, even though they knocked her out. But another woman, an unconscious woman, excites them. Start dancing around. While they're celebrating, the fire gets a little out of control. Xander has caught up to Buffy and he's like, come on, there's got to be some Buffy in there. And then Buffy notices the fire. And as she established in the season three finale, fire bad. <laughs> yeah. So she runs to the cave. as what I'm calling the coffee shop because it's, it's a cave. She assesses the fire. She finds the fire extinguisher and just like chucks it at the fire.
1: Yeah, that was funny.
0: And then she sees unconscious Willow. So there is some Buffy in there. Like she clearly recognizes she's got to do something to help Willow. Xander has arrived at the fire. He goes in, immediately leaves, coughing. Spoilers, everyone makes it out alive, and no one seems to have any problem breathing or needs to be hospitalized, so I'm not sure why Xander couldn't handle it for 10 seconds, but no one else seems affected after many, many minutes. Right. Like, they'd have to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. They're in there a while. Like, I don't even think they're being tended to at the end.
1: I mean, I guess they're all on the floor. Yeah. I mean, you're still probably going to have some smoke inhalation. They'll just be a little less.
0: Parker wakes up, and he's like, I can't breathe. Meanwhile, Giles is trying to describe caveman Buffy to some people in the dorm to no avail.
1: Yeah, he's like, walks with like a sideways limp.
0: <laughs> Buffy discovers a window near the ceiling, because we're in a basement. She kind of swings herself up there, kicks open the window. The caveman managed to climb out. The non-Willow women climb out. Okay, one of these women has been conscious the whole time. Like, maybe she was drunk, but you'd think she'd like know to find something to put out the fire. Right. There's a fire extinguisher. I'm guessing there's water in this cafe.
1: Right. Also, when the guys are freaking out, maybe try to run or something. Yeah,
0: she's just, like, sitting there, very awake, with her unconscious friend. I I can't believe she didn't have, like, any kind of response. right. Anyway, Buffy manages to pass Willow through the window to Xander. Parker's still in there. Buffy's having this whole internal caveman debate whether she should save him or not. Because she she does remember that Parker also bad. And remember, she talked about leaving him to die in a cave. He sees her. He's awake. He's like, what do we do? And then she just like knocks him out with a stick. Yeah. But then we do see her grab his arm. Like she might drag him out. Cut to outside. The fire department's there. Everyone's fine. Buffy's still very caveman. Xander has confined the caveman to some rando's van. Parker comes up to Buffy to thank her for saving his life, just like in her fantasy. He apologizes, asks for forgiveness. She thinks about it and then hits him with the stick again. (laughs) And then her friends and Giles just kind of clump up behind her and stare at him lying on the ground and just walk away. Not too concerned. End of episode. Maybe Parker dies. Yeah,
1: They leave so much to be dealt with by other people. Like, those cavemen in that car, we might want to deal with that. It's just some random guy's car. But also, like, did Buffy just, like, kill Parker?
0: Right. She's hit him twice in the head now, and he had some pretty bad smoke inhalation.
1: Yeah, and Buffy, uh, Buffy's strong. Buffy's strong. Parker might be alive but might have brain damage right now.
0: So, Brian, was this a good episode? This is
1: probably season four's best episode. No, this is a bad episode of Buffy. I honestly think this is the worst episode of Buffy.
0: I knew it was supposedly bad, but I'm like, I'll give it a chance.
1: I mean, let's be fair. There are a couple funny moments in the episode. Mm
0: -hmm. There's good
1: jokes. There's a couple of really funny jokes. Like when Willa thinks that she maybe banged four dudes. Like, that was funny.
0: Giles is funny, always.
1: Yeah, Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's like you said, it's just like watching the guys be cavemen isn't fun. It's stupid. It's, like, eye rolling.
0: It's a lot of it.
1: And the story doesn't make any sense. They don't, like, go arrest. Is he, is he still doing
0: this? Is this bar shut down? I wondered if this was fun for Sarah Michelle Gellar or embarrassing.
1: Right? It's good. Yeah.
0: Oh, also, Cal Penn is in this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is.
0: <laughs> Fairly famous actor playing just, like, one of the caveman boys.
1: Uh, but, no, I would say this is not a great episode. i say this is a pretty poor
0: episode of Buffy. I kind of liked the opening scene. Yeah. Like, just the juxtaposition of her daydreaming and like slaying and this fantasy and like the theme being explained by the teacher i thought that was kind of cool and well done yeah but even the theme throughout though just felt so heavy-handed
1: yeah um i do i do want to say special shout out to the scene with willow like subverting our expectations and like calling parker out mm-hmm. that was also good yeah but it's it's just got so much bad in it too <laughs> Yeah. You're right. They were like hammering home like the id thing. Remember when we talked about that? We're talking about it some more.
0: And also kind of like drinking can make you do crazy things maybe is like something they're trying to say. Uh, Like this is what happens when you drink for the first time. Like you might get out of control. I don't know. This show's not really going for like a preachy message like that, but maybe that's in there too a little bit. Maybe. I can see that. See, there's definitely stuff I enjoyed. Sander had some funny lines. Willow had some cool stuff. Definitely interested to see where this Oz thing is going.
1: Xander is written so interestingly. Like, I feel like some scenes he's just like, God, oh, this is too much. Xander. You're being too much. Like the beginning of this episode, she's like too much. But then like later when he's like concerned about Buffy, I, I like that. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> Even once he knows what's up with the beer though, he's like, freshman girl can't handle her beer. Like, it's like, no, it's not that. She's been like poisoned. Right. I don't know. It wasn't good. You don't think it was good 20-some years ago either, right?
1: No, I didn't like it the first time I saw it.
0: Yeah. I really, just like the
1: title feels like they were like, ugh, we don't, beer bad? I don't know. It's about cavemen.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I had no idea it was about cavemen. I, I figured by the title it was about Buffy getting drunk and having regrets. Right. But I really was going into it hoping to not judge it too harshly. But yeah. Yeah, then it, it became hard to to not. Okay. Well, we'll try again next week.
1: So which episode do you think was better? Gilmore Girls. Yeah, it's Gilmore Girls.
0: Gilmore Girls wasn't good, but Buffy was so bad. Totally.
1: If you're out there and you enjoyed Beer Bad, that's fine. I just feel like the whole caveman thing to me is just not interesting. But it wasn't like the episode was like a dumpster fire. There were moments. Cave fire. Cave fire, yes. But, you know, <laughs> if you liked it, that's totally fine. Like It's our opinion subjective, but it just like did not work for me at all. And even though this wasn't a strong Gilmore Girls, it was still better. Sorry. If you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buff the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 6, Wild at Heart.
0: As well as Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 6, An Affair to Remember.
1: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast.
0: What's your experience with beer?
1: Did you think Rory knew she was getting asked out the first time? Mm. Do you think she let him off well or poorly?
0: Why do you think Laundry Boy rejected her?
1: You think Luke was fake in the movie thing?
0: Do you know what Xander's lighter trick is from or what the title of Gilmore Girls means? Let us know. Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content.
1: And from our bonus content, you can subscribe to our Patreon page, where we post weekly video reviews of the show Angel, host monthly live-streamed watch parties, and share other bonus content.
0: Yes, and shout out to all of our new Patreon subscribers, Anna Amaro, Katie, Phoenix, Jessica DiNopoli, and Laura Wickizer. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. We really appreciate the support.
0: If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon, or by taking advantage of our Y partnership with Wink, or by making a one-time donation. All of these options are linked in the episode description and in our social media bios.
1: You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps get our podcast discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans.
0: And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast.
1: For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacey. That's Brian with a Y and Stacey with an EY.
0: That's right. We we also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also call Brian and Stacey.
1: If social media is not your thing, you can send us a mail at brianandstaceyreviews at gmail.com Send us a
0: mail? Yeah,
1: send us one mail.
0: At our email address.
1: Yes. One mail.
0: We forwarded our mail to our email address.
1: Mm-hmm. It's cluttered. That's
0: what everyone's doing now.
1: Well, I think it's time to eat. Okay. Bees good.
0: Bees good.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: Goodbye. Bye, the